Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A warm up from the low. Welcome to Wolfie Las Vegas for Cups and Cups with myself, Greg H. Peters. And now part of the Beats and Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going to be giving this one to two parts. Really didn't see a lot of news and notes in college basketball on Monday, but we've got one of our good friends aboard, Blake Lovell, who does an amazing job over at Southeastern 14. He is going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be diving in on just what to make out of Kentucky right now as we did see them at the Global Jam have a nice performance and it's really a little bit of what we're seeing all across the SEC as Kentucky, they took a lot more jump shots and took a lot more shots from the outside in that Global Jam sort of event and I think that that is really going to be a theme all throughout the SEC. We have seen many of these teams pick up a lot of Guys that are able to just frankly shoot the ball. So we're going to be diving in on some of those teams that have been able to fortify their outside shooting, what that means just moving forward for the SEC. And we're going to be discussing a team that has really been getting a little bit of short shrift on this podcast from the SEC that I took a look at the numbers and I'm starting to feel more and more bullish about them based on some of the returning talent that they have coming back. And since Blake is out there in the state of Tennessee, now he's out there in Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville and Memphis might as well be in two different states, but we're going to be diving in a little bit on Memphis as well. The fact that they are going to be bringing in Javon Quinterly, what that means for them. And he's also, like I said, in the state of Tennessee. So we did see over the last few days as well, someone in Chris Ledlam, who was going to be going to Tennessee, go to St. John. So what that all means for them as well. So we've got a lot of different teams and a lot of different topics that we're going to be touching upon in segment number two with Blake. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today. And when it comes to the news and notes of college basketball, really the lone thing that I saw was that Sam Huffman, who was over at Houston Christian this last year and was a solid player, put up six and a half points, a little bit over six boards, shot in his two years at Houston Christian right around 38.5% from three-point range. He is down in the transfer portal, so it's going to be teams that are very, very desperate to fill out a roster spot that I'm sure are going to be contacting him, but that's really all that we saw. And with a lot of these rosters being much more fortified right now, we are entering into the month of August here in the next week or so. This is going to be a little bit more just team preview oriented. Hopefully we're going to be doing the MAC within the next few days as well, the one with 1A, because we already did the Metro Atlantic MAC with 2As 
a, about a week and a half ago on the podcast. We've got that one covered, and now we're going to be doing the other Mac within the next few days. So as on tap, along with a great chat with Blake Lovell here on the podcast today, we're going to be hitting that next right here on Coast 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 with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. 
Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peters, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as Blake Lovell does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the game of college basketball. He's the managing editor over there at Southeastern 14 that is all dedicated to taking a look at the SEC. I know that for those of you guys that are fans of the conference, he last week was over at SEC Media Days. That is always a big draw out there in the great state of Alabama. I've actually been there once it is quite a festivity there blake does an amazing job taking a look at so many things and you'll be following on twitter at the blake level i say misspelled l-o-v-e-l-l all together and blake always a pleasure my friend thank you i always enjoy it, greg thanks for having me on thank you blake for joining me and blake first things first with regards to the sec it always feels like things circle back around to kentucky and with kentucky we saw them about a week and a half or so a go go into the global jam. They were able to win all of their games. And I did think that it was a very interesting event for them because we saw Kentucky play quite a bit more small ball, take quite a few more threes than we're accustomed to seeing them take. What did you make overall out of the global jam? And do you think that this is a sign of things to come for Kentucky for the upcoming season? Yeah, you said it, Greg. The one thing we seems like we've talked about in Kentucky as long as John Calipari's been there, and specifically, of course, some of the years where they've been pretty inconsistent, which has been, you know, more recent years, I think, during his tenure. And it's been the offense. I think we've all sort of talked about how it feels like they're just they're behind in terms of what they do offensively. That's kind of been the theme we've talked about over the past, you know, several seasons is, sure, you can see the flashes, but their offense hasn't felt like it's on that same level as everyone else's. And I think sometimes, you know, there have been people that wonder, is it just a will, an unwilling to you know make the change that you need to make to keep up with everyone else? Well, if you watched how they played here, I think it was very obvious that they knew that. And I think they made a lot of changes to how they're going to play offense this season. And like you said, I think it's a small you know sample size. You can't really judge it against a 35-game schedule or something like that just yet. But the way they played offensively, I thought was as smooth as I've seen Kentucky look offensively in quite a while just in terms of their approach. And like you mentioned, they really took more threes. I think that's something we've always talked about, you know, years where people have felt like Kentucky is maybe missing that one key element. You know, the one thing I feel like we've said a lot is, well, teams can just go out and even if they can't match Kentucky from a talent standpoint or a size standpoint, they can throw out a zone and make Kentucky shoot threes because more than likely there may only be one or two guys who could consistently knock down a three. Well, you know, obviously getting Antonio Reeves back helps in that regard, but now the entire team to be able to kind of get those open looks, take more threes. I think it's pretty clear, you know, can they sort of continue that approach? There will obviously have to be some things they have to adapt to their schedule once you get into sort of the grind of the SEC and those kind of things that a, that a college basketball schedule brings. But I thought for me, Greg, that was the biggest thing that set out is just to kind of see that I don't think they're going to stay with sort of that approach they've had because that has not worked for them in recent seasons. And hopefully for Kentucky fans, this is a sign that they are trying to turn a corner there. Absolutely. I do think that that is big for Kentucky. And I think that that's a question not just for Kentucky, but I do think that that is a question for many of the teams in the SEC because we talked about it a lot in the podcast during the season. We've talked about it a lot here on during the offseason on this podcast as well. The fact that the entire SEC, their main kryptonite was the fact that there were so many teams that they really couldn't sh- shoot threes. Now, part of that was very good three-point shooting defense. Part of that as well was 
bad three-point shooting. I think that both could be true. You could have very good three-point shooting defense that had the same time. You could have rough three-point shooting teams. And it feels like that was something that a lot of these teams sewed up. I'm not sure what you've made out of the off-season moves that we've seen in the SEC, but pickups like a Denver Jones for Auburn, the way that Mississippi State brings in some like an Andrew Taylor from Marshall, Florida, all of the transfers are coming in there. It feels like there was a big premium in the SEC this offseason on jump shooting. And I think as a result, we're going to see a lot better shooting teams in general in the conference. Yeah, we bring up the stat every year. You know, it's like, yeah, you can look at Ken Palm, you can look at other stats. And you're like, well, you pretty much guarantee the SEC is going to be in the bottom five in terms of three-point percentage. It seems like that's been sort of a trend, you know, the last little while. And obviously, there's been a year or two here or there where they've shot up a little bit, but not an elite conference when it comes to shooting threes. And uh, you sort of mentioned the dynamics that that, you know, plays into that. There's obviously a lot of good defensive teams, a lot of length, athleticism in the league, and sometimes it's hard to get those open looks. But at the same time, you know, there was not a period that long ago, maybe it's, you know, two decades, something like that, where the SEC had a lot of good shooters. And teams like Vanderbilt and Florida and Kentucky, like they were all, they were all making threes. Like they were teams that could just could shoot the three very well. Tennessee and Bruce Pearl was there. And so, yeah, I mean, but for some reason, it's just, it's changed a little bit. And you don't have a lot of those great shooters around the league. But you said, I think the two teams I was thinking of, you know, you mentioned Florida. That was definitely a team I thought that went out and secured a lot of shooting in terms of being able to improve in that area. I think Arkansas is another team. It's kind of always been one of those things with Arkansas where you kind of know what to expect with their aggressive style of play. But the three-point shooting hasn't always been there. But I think Eric Musman went out and added some of that this offseason. Guys that can make threes on a consistent basis. But, you know, Mississippi State, what I think, Greg, they were the worst three-point shooting team in the league, or in the country last season. They went out understanding they had to address that. But there's a lot of other teams. And Auburn, you mentioned Denver Jones. I mean, we're just used to Bruce Pearl teams being able to shoot the ball, even though that hasn't necessarily been the case the past couple of years. So with Kentucky, that is just a key point, knowing that this is kind of the way the game is going towards. You have to be able to have, you know, multiple shooters on the floor at the same time to be able to take advantage of that. And, you know, Greg, goes back to the conversation we had probably towards the end of last year. Why did a team like Alabama, you know, why were they able to do the things they were doing? But then specifically, why was a team like Missouri able to make such a huge jump? It wasn't just the fact that they could force turnovers, it was the fact they could make threes. And if you can do that in the SEC, you're a little bit ahead of the pack because there are a lot of teams in the SEC who just can't. Yep, absolutely. As joining me on the show, we've got Blake Lovell. He does amazing work at Southeastern 14, taking a look at this great conference. And I thought it was very interesting and just a little bit of a deep dive that I was doing over the weekend, taking a look at the SEC, because we just noted it. There were a lot of good moves that were made to bring in a lot of transfers, help out the SEC in terms of three-point shooting. And I did think that was a little bit stunning because I was trying to take a look at, all right, what's all returning in the SEC? Because as we know, Kentucky, they lose the most scoring from last year out of all the teams in the SEC. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. That I don't think comes as too much of a surprise to anyone. But that said, when taking a look at the highest percent of shooting in the SEC, I know that John Rossi put out this tweet, Texas A&M returns 88.5% of their scoring, and it feels like there hasn't been a lot of talk about Texas A&M because they did have a little bit of a rough go of it in the NCAA tournament. They weren't necessarily the most flashy team, but the more that I just look at that tweet, the more that I think, man, are we perhaps sleeping on Texas A&M this season because we know that the coaching has rock solid for the team, and we know that the team is going to be very good on defense, and they bring back the chemistry. I feel like we do this all the time with, with Buzz's teams. Usually, 
you can compare their roster to others and be like, well, you know, yes, there's a couple things to stand out. And obviously, you get to Wade Taylor back. He's in the argument for SEC Player of the Year, I think, without question. But, you know, you think about everybody else they bring back around them. And it's like, well, there were a lot of people, I think, that looked at it last year and thought, well, maybe that's just sort of a fluke that they went, whatever it was, Greg, I'm trying to, with 15-3, and three, something like that in the SEC. But at a certain point, like, in the SEC going 15-3 and three or whatever, like, that's not by accident. You know, you're a pretty good team. And the fact is they bring so many pieces back and you lose, you know, it's kind of trying to figure out exactly what you're going to get, you know, maybe out of having to, to fill a role of a Dexter Dennis and someone like that. But otherwise, you know, Wade Taylor comes back, like I said, and those kind of things. And, you know, Jace Carter, I think, is a great fit for them coming in. And, yeah, there's a lot to like about this A&M team. And I tell you, I think, once again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're right up there challenging for the SEC title because I think a lot of pieces returning – Buzz just kind of has the it factor to be able to put it all together, and they just kind of keep on rolling like they have been. I just take a look at what Buzz Williams has been able to build over the last few years at Texas A&M, and it's been remarkable. And even though they didn't go to the SE, even though they didn't go to the NCAA tournament two years ago, them being able to go to that NIT final as well is something that should not be slept upon as well. As typically, those teams they take a stride forward. We saw that with Texas A&M last season. And I do think a little bit of a Ripple effect that does involve the SEC is what we did see last week with St. John's getting a little bit stronger. They bring Chris Ludlum into the fold. And as we know, that was someone that was going to be going to Tennessee. What have you made just out of the offseason for St. John's and what they've done? Because they're a complete makeshift team. And for two, how much does the loss of Chris Ludlum affect Tennessee? Because I believe that that was a little bit of an effect of Josiah Jordan-James perhaps being back to the fold this year for Tennessee as well. Yeah, that was a big surprise, wasn't it? I think we were all kind of projecting that just to not sort of expect Tennessee to maybe have their, their big three back, but obviously they do. With getting James back and you know adding him to the mix with, with Vescovy and once Ziegler returns from injury, it's huge for Tennessee to get James back. Well, like you said, I would have to assume that when you kind of look at the way Everything else has played out. And I think, you know, Waka, too, there at Tennessee, his kind of breakout offseason, which everyone's kind of projected it to be, and we've seen that, I think, probably played into it as well. You know, you kind of look like it and feel like, all right, first six or seven, not that Ledlam wouldn't have been in there, but I think, you know, that surefire role at, at this particular spot, knowing, again, you've got a guy like James coming back and, and an Waka who's kind of breaking out. Yes, I would assume that probably plays into it a little bit when you kind of see, you know, that decision is made. But, you know, you talk about St. John's. I mean, let's be honest, Greg. I think we all knew that this was going to be the case. Like, you just knew as soon as, you know, you hire Rick Patino, you understand it's going to open opportunities, I think, in terms of the players that you can bring in. And not that they couldn't, you know, do that before as a program, but it just adds a completely different dynamic in terms of being able to go out and put together a roster. Like we always say, when coaches take over jobs in this era, you can put together a roster in one offseason that can go out and challenge, you know, for a title or do whatever. That's the ability of having the, the name value and the coaching ability for Rick Patino. And, you know, again, you see kind of everybody they brought in and out to add Ledlam to the mix. That's an older group. Like, I mean, they've got some older guys on that roster. And I think now when you sort of look at the way this team could play this season, I don't think there's any doubt that the expectations are very high. But Again, that comes with hiring a Rick Patino, and you're not on the three-year plan anymore, right? We remember like back in the day where coaches would get hired, and all right, it's going to take three or four years to change the program once they, you know, have their freshman class and seniors 
that's not the way the game's played anymore in college basketball. And so, yeah, with you have a Rick Pitino that can just completely sort of build a roster in an offseason, put all the pieces in place to put them in the best position to be successful right away. I mean, that's exactly what's happened. And I'm not really surprised by that. I'm not surprised either with Rick Pitino. He's done a great job of being bringing some talent. Might be rubbing a few people the wrong way along <laughs> the way as well as Quinn Slozniski has decided that he is going to be going to West Virginia as a result of all the hoopla that broke up, but certainly he has been able to build up a very nice roster there. So I did think that that was of intrigue. And Blake, I know that you're out there in the great state of Tennessee as well. And we did see another move involving another SEC piece over the last few days as well. And the fact that Javon Quinterly, he is going to be heading on over to Memphis as well, which Memphis, I feel like, has been one of the most interesting teams in the offseason as well. If you do a quick Twitter slash Google search of Deshwandre Washington, who's been recently getting linked to Memphis a little bit. That's been a big giant ball of wax in and of itself. I'll let you search that on your own time because it is certainly interesting. But Memphis is one of those schools that they bring in. I believe it's something like nine transfers this offseason. They might be getting back DeAndre Williams as well as, I believe, 27 years old. But I thought that the Javon Quinterly move was very big for Memphis. And if he could get back to anything like he was prior to that injury they suffered at Alabama, this is a massive gift for a Memphis team I feel like many people are sleeping on. Yeah, I mean, look, Quinterly, as we all saw, really picked things up. I think down the stretch, once he got you know, kind of more comfortable. And like you said, sometimes it can take a little time to get back to that. And I think it was a little bit of an up and down early in the season and those kind of things. But once he started to sort of hit his stride, he looked like the Javon Quinterly that we expect him to be. And we know he can score the ball. We just know there's a lot of things he can do, you know, at that point guard position to really be able to push an offense. And we know Memphis, right? Like they're not going to walk the ball down the floor. They're going to try to play you know, an up-tempo style just as Quinterly played at Alabama. And I just think it's a, you know, it's a really nice fit, I think, in terms of the style. Always such an important part of this is when you go somewhere, it's not just going somewhere for playing time. It's really making sure that you fit into the style that a coach wants to play. And I would fully believe that a Javon Quinterly is going to fit in just fine into the way that Memphis wants to play. And, you know, you talk about all the other guys that they've added to the mix, obviously a lot of talent and production there. And again, you know, it's nine guys. I mean, that's what you expect these days. And sort of feel like, all right, you know, Penny with the connections, with everything, this is the roster he's built. We know too that the expectations for Memphis do not go lower. Like they always go higher and they are still searching, you know, to try to get back to being that team that's, you know, competing for a final four regularly and having a chance to be right there. And you no, know, it's a pretty interesting group that they have coming into, you know, into the season. And I'm very curious to see just how all the pieces fit together because that's always the question we have, right? When a team kind of has this many new players on the roster, we see the talent, it's all there. But it's just how do the pieces fit together and is the chemistry come together? If it does, yeah, there's no doubt this team's going to be very good. And Memphis is not the team that's moving conferences as they're still in the American, but I mean, they might as well be in a new conference because with the American, all the new pieces that come in, you bring in North Texas, you bring in UAP, you bring in Florida Atlantic. It's pretty much a merging of the American and Conference USA. That is going to be of intrigue as well. And there's going to be quite a few schools that are undergoing that this offseason as well with all the realignment and Blake. You're going to be experiencing that next offseason with the SEC. Fortunately, we saw the same 14 teams that we had last year, so that keeps things nice and easy. And 
I know you're doing a great job of covering this fine conference. As I mentioned before, you do a great job on the college basketball front, but I know you were at SEC BD days last week as well, covering football, which shock, shock, surprise, surprise. That's apparently something that is a big deal out there in the SEC. So let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I always appreciate it, Greg. It might be number two for us in terms of SEC football, the basketball, but yeah, it, it seems to be number one. For a lot of people in SEC world, but yeah, I always appreciate you having me on. Like you said, Southeastern 14, all the SEC stuff, you can go to YouTube, search for Southeastern 14. We've obviously got a lot of football stuff there, but we stay you know, focused on basketball too during the offseason. So we're kind of doing our position rankings. We looked at kind of our, our top point guards in the SEC. We'll do some combo guards this week, start to get in the forwards and centers and stuff and have a lot of fun with that. So be a nice primer for the upcoming season in SEC basketball. So you can find it all there at Southeastern 14 on YouTube. And you everything else, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Club. Blake does an amazing job taking a look at the conference, but really with Blake, he does a great job following all things college basketball and always lends tremendous insights whenever he's on this podcast. Big thanks to Blake for joining me on Coast Coast Hoops, part of the Visa Family Podcast. If you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways to be out for those. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNers41. Keep in mind, Lurzy M, they mean does not matter. As per usual, please send those into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. The player movement is becoming a little bit more scarce in college basketball, so we're looking more at general team previews right now. We're trying to get on more guests to be able to take a look at some of these conferences, even if they aren't dedicated conference previews as well. So we're sort of trending in that direction. And as I mentioned in segment number one, looking at doing the Mac within the next few days. So that's on tap. And I'm with you guys every single day, whether it be in season, out of season, rain or shine on this podcast. And once we do all those conference previews, we're going to be set for the upcoming season where my goal to make it as profitable as humanly possible. So appreciate you tuning in today and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.